Mike, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Tass Bober. Tass is the director of digital and website at Telium. In this episode, we talk about how to best orchestrate various disciplines and competencies in website rollout, building SEO frameworks for content contributors, and some best practices around trying new marketing channels and strategies. Hi, Tass. Hi, how's it going? Tass Bober is currently the digital and website director at Telium, owning the roadmap for Telium's website and digital marketing channels. Her career has been peppered with everything, including journalism, TV advertising, and print, but her love for data zeroed her into digital, where she has spent over a decade focused on. She graduated with a communications degree with a marketing and computer science focus. She currently resides in Columbus, Ohio, with her husband and rambunctious two-year-old daughter, Tass, thanks again for being with me. Of course, happy to be here. So for those that aren't familiar, what is Telium? What is the product? So the easiest way I like to talk about it is two connects, which is Telium connects data. So companies can connect to their customers, right? Let's think about it a little bit more. In an ideal world, you and I have these one-on-one conversations and companies would love to have those one-on-one conversations with their customers, right? So we've talked one time, I already know we both have young children, uh, we're in the same time zone, which we love, and um, we have bonded over daycare viruses (laughs) um, in the past, right? But those little anecdotes and little details, they're harder to do at scale. So if you think about 40,000 customers, 50,000, or if you're in B2C, millions, and at the end of that road is a marketer going, wow, how am I going to do this? How am I going to provide personalized, relevant experiences? And I think the challenge then on top of that is we have people who want relevant experiences, but at the same time, they're worried about our companies being respectful of my privacy, our companies being respectful when they're giving me these personalized experiences. So that's kind of what we do too, is try to enable, you know, these good experiences in a respectful manner. With bad experiences, if you think about your interactions with companies, you know, most recently, you remember the bad experiences right? You buy something, the next day you get an offer for 50% off and you're like, what the heck? I literally just paid full price for this item. That's a bad experience. But if you think about a good experience, you know, I used to go to the sushi restaurant uh, back in the day, I've since moved states, probably for the best. Um, But I went there almost every night. Uh, They knew me my name. They, um, you know, knew my order. They come in, you know, hey, Tass, how's it going? No sooner would I sit down, I've got a plate of gyoza and salmon skin roll, and I'm ready to rock, right? So that was such a good experience that kept me coming back. And as a result, they got 25% of my paycheck. That that was a great experience, that sushi experience. And I think that's what we're trying to provide at Telium too. And so Telium, we collect data, customer data in a right privacy conscious manner. We create deep insights around that data. And we allow companies to provide that sushi experience to their customers based off of this data. So that's essentially what we do uh, in a nutshell. And I like to think that we're the great sushi place of customer data. We just read in in your bio that you own the roadmap for the consumer website. So let's start with Telium.com. Yeah. What are the buckets for a successful consumer-facing website? Everything is a factor, but where do you start? And depending on who you ask, right, when you walk in, their area is the most important. The dev team, oh, they have so much structural cleanup to do. Design team, they want to change the look and feel. Um, We have to think about ADA compliance, right? 
Um, and then you have the content team, they want to switch up the content on the site. The campaign teams, they're talking about the lead gen engine. The radar for me when I walk in is typically, okay, but who is working in the user's best interest? And so my radar is drum roll empathy, which is as a marketer, it's a gift and it's no different for the website. And at the essence and core of it, there, there's plenty of ways we can sit here and boil the ocean with all the things that we can do on the website side. But I think empathy will allow us to answer some core questions, which is if a user comes to a site, forget about design, forget about structural cleanup, are they getting the information that they need to get right on the site? Are we giving them that? Say they find some information, great. Is it too egocentric now? Is it too product focused? Are we not solving their problems, right? Um, so that's the second factor. And then the third, performance, right? Maybe we have the content nailed down, but it's taking you 13 seconds to load the page. They're getting impatient and they're leaving and they find that information elsewhere. We're in that like instant gratification kind of generation. And I think that's where the customer's at is they want information now. They want it to be relevant and they want it quick. And I think we really did a good job. We talked a little bit last time. We had website redesign phase that we went through and launched last quarter and we're doing different iterations. And I think we did a really good job because we addressed some of those things, which is we try to put the solutions first. We put the use case and challenges first in terms of our content. Um, so we moved away from that product focus and almost worked like a doctor, right? Like a SaaS doctor. And it's like for you know your particular use case and pain point of real-time personalization, we are offering X product bundle that you should be utilizing. Um, for your specific industry. And here are other people in your industry that are utilizing that. So giving them information that's a little more valuable. Then with the design, we went snackable kind of layout and bite-sized content. So it's easy to kind of digest. And then from the development standpoint, they got to pull a couple of levers and um, shave off some seconds of the site, whether it's implementing a CDN, which we did, um, and working through Google's core web vitals checklist to kind of get you know, our time and speed and user experience up. So this was a good way for everybody to get into the same goals and answer those same questions while working in their respective areas. So that's kind of always a place I start. I'm struck by how these different disciplines are so interconnected together. If you're just starting out, What's your best advice on how to prioritize these elements? Because, you know, at a, a company that has a lot of resources, it's easy to sit there and say, oh, it's not, it's never easy, but you can sit there yeah. and say, hey, look, design and SEO and development, all these things fit together, but yeah. not every company has that type of resource yeah. uh, allocation. Like, how do you start? Yeah. And, you know, with B2B SaaS specifically, um, especially in the startup world too, it is pretty lean and you learn to be scrappy with the few resources that you have. I'll use an example with SEO because SEO always tends to take a backseat because it is one of those long-term gratification projects, right? It's not sitting there giving you thousands and thousands of leads every day. And they always end up taking a, a backseat to all of the paid programs that we have going on or website redesign. And I think that's where, as part of the digital and website team, you're kind of walking in and saying, okay, not only are we enabling big changes like a website redesign or new content, but we also have to maintain a certain level of structural integrity for the site, making sure that we're compliant in these areas. So our responsibility then becomes educating, you know, our like team members. So for at Telium, for example, enable everybody to publish on the site, 
So our entire marketing team across the globe can publish on the website, but they're not all expected to be experts in SEO. So one of the first things we did is we came in, we did a little work up front, which is put together these guardrails to an SEO checklist and say, here's how you can write for SEO. Here are some things that you need to consider in terms of metadata fields, character counts, those limits, those kinds of things. And they could utilize this now without us having to lend further resources. They have some enablement guides in order to do those things properly. And it helps them be a little more well-rounded in how they write anyway to write for web and write for SEO. So that's a way we can kind of keep SEO moving while we're working on those big ticket and big project items. The website at Telium sits under the demand gen team. I've seen websites live under communications or brand marketing. Why should the site live under demand gen as opposed to brand, for example? What are the considerations and are there implications for the site depending on which team is managing it? Yeah, that's a really great question. I've been in situations where website and digital have reported directly to, you know, the head of marketing or the CMO. I've seen it sit in brand, product, demand gen, like we are at Telium. And I think that's where I personally don't have a strong preference where the site sits. And it's kind of like a member of your team that does a little bit of everything. So that's why it makes sense that it would kind of sit in different departments, depending on where you are. I mean, really people are like, oh, it could fit anywhere, right? And I think that's where as the guard dog of the, the website, it's my responsibility to, to bridge the gap between all those components. So if I'm sitting on the brand um, and the website's on the brand, maybe the head of brand is really good at the content portion and has really strong design considerations. And then it's my responsibility to bring in that path to conversion portion and say, hey, we need to think about the lead gen portion. We need to think about the revenue impact you know, of these pages and what that journey and end goal is. And on the flip side, if we're under demand gen, maybe path to conversion is top of mind and we need to put a little more effort into the design portion or the content. But I will say the way we do it at Telium is really great. And I haven't seen this at other companies. And so the Telium website sits under demand gen right now. But we do such a good job. And, and I think this is a testament to you know, Heidi Bullock, our CMO, and how she set up the team. We have goals as a team. It's not like digital has one, demand gen has one, you know, Mox has one, whatever. We are all working towards the same goals together as a team. And so with the website in particular, we end up working with every team everyone from the developer to the CEO saw the homepage comps before it went live. So everyone has an opportunity for feedback, you know, on the website. And I always uh, describe it like this, where I'm the conductor, um, you know, but there's no conductor without the orchestra. And that's what we do a really good job of is that we include people through the journey. We take them with us. And that way we have buy-in on all aspects of the site. We're not isolating a certain angle. So we do a good job there. I'll get you out on this question. We spent a lot of time talking about the website, but a big part of your job as well is paid social and paid search that also sits under your purview. Yeah. What's the balance between staying disciplined with paid social that works and still experimenting? Like, for example, maybe TikTok is a great channel for you, but that would mean siphoning off resources from LinkedIn, which I think for a lot of B2B SaaS is sort of bread and butter. So what does that balance look like for you as someone who's allocating budget to some of these channels and some of these strategies of staying fresh, testing new things, but also making sure that you're hitting your goals? I thought a lot about this portion too, because I think we can get wrapped up in Innovation means spending 
30, 40, $50,000 on the newest, shiniest platform and tool and seeing if it could work for us. But I think, again, we do a really good job at Celium because we have those fundamentals nailed down. We have our core elements and, and foundations of every campaign. Um, we run our stuff in paid social and paid search as we're meant to. But then we do this thing where we sprinkle innovation in those fundamentals. So I'll give you an example. If we have a big tier one asset that's kind of launching, um, we'll have our, our general you know, campaign plan. This is our rollout. This is what we're going to do on paid social, paid search, et cetera. But then we have this resident TikTok influencer or expert genesis um, on our team, and he'll whip up a TikTok related to the asset. And we get to kind of bake that into our plans. And I think that's a good way to do it because you're not lending a ton of bandwidth and resources. It's just something fun that you can bake into the fundamentals. And that's a way you can sprinkle in innovation, you know, in those in those foundational plans that you have. Another example is Clubhouse. When Clubhouse first launched, oh, it was all the rage. And our CMO Heidi and this awesome team member we have, Julie Graham, they both jumped on it and did one and they had a blast, right? And I think at the end of the day, it's not always like ROI, ROI, where's the ROI? Sometimes it's also we're marketing to people with real senses of humor. And if we fall flat, so what? They'll probably give us kudos for trying. And now we can speak that we have the experience. And at some point, that becomes relevant and maybe something that we could use in the right context in the future. So yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, marketing is meant to be fun. You know, it's not surgery and and we're, we're marketing to real people at the end of the road and, and it's totally serious work, but it's also meant to be enjoyable. And I think we do both really well at Telium. I'm joined today by Tass Bubber of Telium. Tass, thanks again for joining. Thanks, Brian.